Welcome to the Lucky Titan Podcast. Here you will learn how to fill your favorite platform with tons of your dream customers from some of the world's top entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Josh Tapp. Now let's get started. What is up, everybody? Josh Tapp here again, and welcome back to the Lucky Titan. Today, we're here with Mark Willis. And Mark and I just had a really good conversation um, about how we should intro him because this guy has such an awesome platform and how he works as an entrepreneur is so unique. And I'm really excited to have him here because he's the founder of Lake Growth, which is all about being smart with your money and becoming your own banker. And I have to read this phrase because I thought it was so awesome. So we're here to fire your banker and become your own source of financing, which that is totally going to be the title of this, Mark. So I'm excited for that. But Mark, say what's up to everybody and we'll hop in. Hey, everybody. And hey, Josh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Glad to have you here, Mark. So uh, my first question for you really is about that, that opening statement, right? How do we fire our banker and create new sources of financing for ourselves? And I have to preface this by saying 99% of people who are listening to the show probably think the only way that they can get money for a new venture or maybe for hiring a new person or hiring a new agency is through getting a loan or getting an investor. So kind of touch on what, what, uh, you know, firing your banker is and becoming your own source of funding is all about. Well, you're right. You're exactly right. Most people would say, hey, it's either going to come from a bank or it's going to come from outside investing, or I got to save up my own little cash, my pennies, stack my pennies, and then blow it all uh, to see it gone. Right. So I'd like to say that there's got to be a better way. You know, I think if, if we're always in the banker's pocket, there's going to come a day where they're going to win. You know, um, the, the tide will go out the banks will take their profits and we'll be left swimming naked. Uh, so we've got to find a better way. And banks are notoriously good at giving us money when we don't need it and then taking it away as soon as we do. You know, there's a quote by Mark Twain. He says, a banker is a fellow who will lend you his umbrella when the sun shines, but wants it back as soon as it starts to rain. Right? Ain't that the truth? And That's the average business owner is, is just riddled with debt. I think the most recent statistic says, that business owners are paying about one third of their top line revenue to service debts. One third of your top line revenue to service debt. And, and many of our clients who we sit down with over Zoom or over the phone, uh, you know, we'll have a conversation with them. We'll do a high level overview of their situation. And they'll, they'll say, hey, Mark, I'm feeling pretty good about my business. It's not really that bad. You know, hey, I've got this debt. I've got that debt. But it's all low interest. It's all low interest rates. You know, 4% on this, 3% on that. But we start totaling up the volume of interest and man, it, it shocks us. It regularly shocks the, the business owner because, hey, you know, they're spending a third of their money um, by weight, by volume. Uh, and that's what kills us. It's just like, you know, it's just like food. You know, it's not so much the rate by which we eat our food that adjusts our waistline. It's the volume that counts. So watch that volume. And so banks are on one side of the ledger investors are on the other side, but they both have the same requirement, control, control. And I don't know about you, Josh, uh, but most of the entrepreneurs I speak with, they didn't get into their business. They didn't leave their day job to go work under the thumb of a banker or an investor. They, they got into their own business to be their own boss. Now, here's the, here's the secret sauce. Here's the big surprise. We didn't just join one business. We didn't just start one practice or one business. We're actually in two businesses. We're in our business, whatever we sell, our widgets or whatever. And we're also in the banking business. 
we're already in the banking business. All of us are because either, you know, the bank is lending us money or we're saving money at their bank and they're loaning it out to the guy behind you in line. So both ways you're participating in the banking business. My call, my clarion call, my, my encouragement as a certified financial planner is to find the smallest hinge in your financial life that can swing the biggest door. And my belief is after looking at this now for over a decade is banking. Banking is really where you can make the biggest leverage point, both as a person, individual, and as a business owner. Uh, if you can take back control of the banking function, literally uh, function like a banker for yourself, uh, then all of a sudden everything else becomes much easier. Acquisition costs, capital expenses, inventory, taxes, but on the personal side too, kids' college, you know, your next car you need to buy. If it's all going to run through a bank, why not make it your own bank? rather than leave it at somebody else's bank. Right. Well, and, and I'm going to ask the question, Mark, because I'm sure this is on everybody's mind is, okay, how do I borrow money for myself if I don't have money in the first place, right? Where does this money actually come from? How are you able to take it and actually use it, like you said, for acquisitions, maybe hiring yep. a new person, remodeling your kitchen, which I wouldn't recommend. I would recommend reinvesting it in your business, but that's just me. So how do yep. they do it? Yep. Well, you know, you're right. It does take money. I mean, think about it. If we're going to set up a bank like the ones we know about down the street, whatever, um, it takes capital. They didn't just, you know, uh, open their banks with an empty vault. They couldn't loan any of it out until there was money in the vault. So you got to capitalize. You got to capitalize. Now, the good news is to set up a banking structure like the ones we know about, you don't need the amount of money that banks need. You know, to be an FDIC insured bank, a literal bank, you need about 10 million to 100 million bucks and you need a local bank charter, which generally takes about 10 plus years, plus, you know, a mountain of paperwork to get through and approval by all your, your other banks in the neighborhood that you're not going to encroach on their territory. I mean, this might take you 20 years to get through all that mess, just to open up a single, single member credit union, small little bank. But you don't need 10 million, $100 million to set up your own source of financing. All you need maybe is a couple hundred bucks a month to start socking away. The more you put away, the more you have. I mean, so again, don't be afraid to capitalize in your own bank because guys, you're already flowing. Some of you guys, $500,000 a year to a million dollars a year is flowing through somebody else's bank. Think of all the power that that institution takes off of your back when you're throwing a million dollars plus into a, another checking account. They get to use that. What do they do with that, Josh? Do they just leave it in the vault, hoping you'll walk in and take a withdrawal? I highly doubt it. No. Yeah, <laughs> they're putting that money to work, don't you know? Yeah, you know, they're they're like they're loaning that sucker out as soon as you put the money in. They're borrowing or they're loaning it out to the guy behind you in line, asking for a loan. And what do they pay us in return? They give us zero point one point nothing percent interest, and then they loan it out to the guy behind you in line at ten percent or twenty percent or whatever the credit card was going at today. So whose money was in the game there? Did the bank have any skin there? No, no, they didn't, you know? And so my thought, my theory, my, my results now after doing this for over a thousand clients across the United States is, man, if you can control the banking function where you live uh, and you're, where you work, you'll win by default because your competitors in your business, whether you sell widgets or, or cheesecake or whatever you do in your business, your competitors are playing the average game. And I don't want you to be average. You know, I want you to be awesome. So fire your banker, become your own source of financing. It doesn't take a million bucks to do it. 
So, so let me ask you this. Let's, let's get a little bit more into the nitty gritty and we'll kind of pick this apart a little bit because where's the money coming from, right? So let's say I'm, I'm investing $300 a month into my own personal bank. How do I then loan money back to myself? Is it, is it that original money or can you loan yourself more than you initially put in? Okay. Yeah. So in the, in the process, what we do is we have a one-on-one advisory consultation with folks. You know, I don't just jump to this conclusion that it, even though I think it's a cool concept, it's not a good fit for everybody. It does take time and patience, patient capital, not, not, a not impatient capital. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, you know, if you're looking at a savings account, um, you know, you're not going to have any ability to borrow against a savings account necessarily unless you, you know, get a line of credit from the bank and now you're back in the banker's pocket. So you got to find the right tool. And the tool that I found that most closely mimics what a real bank can do without you having to go set up a real actual bank is a little known variation on dividend paying whole life insurance of all things. So, you know, for the folks that haven't turned us off, Josh, uh, I'll, I'll explain what that means (laughs) because there's a lot of bias around whole life insurance myself you know, chief among them, I was very skeptical when I first read that this was a dividend paying whole life insurance of all things. Uh, You know, I had Dave Ramsey ringing in my ears, (laughs) but this is very different than the kind of whole life insurance that he likes to complain about. So it is building massive cash value relative to old fashioned life insurance, but there are still costs associated with setting up these policies. So, you know, it might have eight to 40 times more cash than the old fashioned stuff that Dave Ramsey and Susie Orman love to hate about, but it does still have some costs. All right. It does take patience to overcome those costs. So, you know, folks, sometimes they'll say, Hey, I can, you know, my business, Mark, I, I got 10 grand a year. I'm, I'm able to, to shave off the top of my profits, 10 grand a year. Okay. We'll put it into a, a savings account. You'll have 10,000 bucks, a regular boring savings account. You'll have 10,000 bucks. If you put 10 grand into a whole life policy, design the bank on yourself way, which we'll talk some about why that's so important that it's designed the bank on yourself way. But if it's designed correctly, the bank on yourself way, you might have somewhere between 6,500 and 8,500 bucks in the first year. Wait a minute, where'd the rest of that money go? I put in 10 grand, where's my money? Well, the expenses of life insurance are real. You know, even a true bank on yourself policy is going to have some expenses. So, Folks, don't do this if you can't get past that initial cost. Uh, now, again, old-fashioned life insurance might have fifty dollars out of your ten grand in cash value. So we have now sixty-five to eighty-five hundred bucks. That's a pretty good swing in your favor, and we cut the commissions by about sixty to eighty percent. But the point is, you know, we're looking at this as a long-term place to park our capital, and your business isn't going anywhere. You know, God willing, you continue to see profits. Uh, and you continue to pack money somewhere, your money must live somewhere. It's either going to live at somebody else's bank or yours. So find a parking spot like one of these policies, because after the first year, the thing gets more efficient every single year on a guaranteed basis. In fact, it grows at a faster rate guaranteed for the rest of your life without respect to the markets or real estate or having to rely on some generous bank to give you a, a, you know, a microscope for your interest rate that you get right. paid. So it's a more increasingly efficient vehicle. It's like a car that gets better gas mileage every single year. The, the longer you keep the thing, the more efficient it gets. First year, you're going to see your expenses. By about year three, four, five, you're going to start seeing it grow faster than you're contributing to it. And beyond, by year 10, by year 20, by year 50, however long you keep that policy, it just gets incredibly efficient, like a bonfire that just keeps getting bigger and bigger 
until it can burn on its own without you having to keep adding that 10 grand a year. But you love to because, hey, where else are you going to put your money where it's going to do that kind of yield? So um, right. as far as like where you find the money, I do that analysis with folks to see if there's um, inefficiencies in your current situation. I'll tell you a quick story and then I promise I'll hush. Uh, I had a meeting with a guy who um, he was just, you know, really didn't think he, he loved the concept of bank on yourself, but didn't think he could do it. So we looked over his situation. Guess what? He was, he was like way overpaying on his uh, corporate mortgage, on his business office space, which had like a 2% interest rate on it. He was way overpaying on some 0% interest credit cards that he didn't see, you know, reason why he was overpaying on that zero interest credit card debt. He also saw a need to, to house his escrow for his property tax. Uh, and so he put his, all of those things together and he was able to come up with almost 50 grand a year that he didn't think he even had. And he put it all into a policy and he now uses that both for his property taxes every year, for his, for his escrow and that sort of thing, as well as he's able to pay off his debt with the policy. Okay, so it's now his reserve fund to buy back his debt from his mortgage and his credit cards. And it's a you know golden parachute for him. At some point, this becomes an asset on the balance sheet of your business for your business's needs. But at any point you wish, you can sell the business or retire, take that policy with you as a source of money. And now you've got yourself a nice stream of income for your retirement needs, as long as you might choose to, to take it out. So that's, that's sort of the big picture of how we help folks um, reorganize their financial life to see if this is a good fit for them. Yeah. Well, and, and I would honestly say this is one of those uh, next level strategies, right? Because I've, I've heard about this a few different times from different guests and had them pick it apart. And it's such an interesting concept because we really are typically thinking, how can I pay somebody else or put my money into this fund or put my money into this other place with no expectation or no guarantee of result? And it will never meet your expectations where something like this could be a way to work with yourself and not have to be constantly concerned about what other people are doing with more of a guaranteed return, which I love. I love, in my opinion, it's one of the best ways to, to take your money and then, and then use it. So, so let me, let me ask you this because, you know, you're putting into these insurance policies and I'm just going to give some hypothetical numbers here and then you can correct them if, if we're wrong here. So let's just say I'm putting $10,000 into a um, every year for five years into one of these policies you know, that ends up being $50,000 after five years that I've put in, but then it's automatically being invested for me or what's happening as far as where is that money yeah. coming from to help it grow? Well, I'll give you a TGIF, nice, simple process here that folks can remember. So TGIF, uh, one, you're putting money into a whole life insurance contract and the insurance company absorbs the risk of loss. So you're not actually investing in stocks, bonds, mutual funds. Uh, that's all paper wealth, in my opinion, you know, paper right. wealth where you feel great when the market's up and you feel terrible when the market crashes. Um, I saw my recent, I got a Zillow report telling me what my home was worth yesterday. Doesn't matter until somebody tries to buy it from you. Until someone writes that check, that house is worthless, right? Unless there's an ATM attached to your house, in which case that's a pretty cool house. Right. Uh, but the, <laughs> the, key, the key here is this is guaranteed to grow. So let me start at the T. T is tax-free. If we design the policy correctly, it will grow tax-free under the tax law, both principal and gains can be accessed out of life insurance contracts, totally tax-free, uh, as long as it's designed well. And again, I keep saying that because it's been designed poorly. I've seen you know, plenty of folks think they have one of these policies and it turns out they don't, 
which we can talk more about. But if it's designed properly, tax-free to get the money out, that's pretty cool. Second, it is guaranteed to grow for you. And it can be used as a source of capital for your retirement, where you have a locked-in minimum guarantee of what your net worth is going to be this year, next year, and every year thereafter. Third, it is life insurance. So we're covering that need too, both for your family, and that's huge. But also if you got a business partner, let me just say this. I've met people where they had a business partner who passed away, unfortunately. And all of a sudden, guess what? The wife or the spouse or the kids or the, the you know long lost uncle comes out of the woodwork and all of a sudden they show up to work in your business the next Monday telling you how to run your business because now they're an equity partner in your business. Whoops. Whoops. So we need a buy sell agreement with life insurance to buy off the surviving spouse or kids or whatever. So you get to run your business if your if your if your partner should pass away. So that's important too, not just on a family level, but on a business level. So that's I is insurance. And then TGIF F is financing. Your need for financing, guys, is much greater than your need for insurance. Your need for financing is much greater than your need for insurance. So I squeeze down the insurance amount. And our advisors at our firm, we squeeze down that insurance amount so that we can pump as much of your money as possible into the financing part, the cash value of the life insurance. That's what you can borrow against like a bank. And when you borrow against it, and this is huge, again, if it's designed correctly, if you have a hundred grand, let's say, in cash value, and you borrow out, let's say $30,000 to invest in some really cool podcast equipment or to grow your business or to do some marketing in your business, whatever your needs are, right? Um, you borrow out 30 grand. If you had a hundred in there and you borrow out 30, that year, your policy and every year your loan is outstanding, the policy will grow on the full cash value, even what you borrowed out on the full, full $100,000 as if you hadn't touched a dime of the money. To me, this is the ultimate solution against the uh, sinister disaster of breaking compound growth. You know, um, um, Charlie Munger, the guy, a uh, business partner with Warren Buffett, he says, the most important rule in financing is to never break um, uh, compound growth. Never break compound growth. And we keep doing that. Every time we spend out of our brokerage, out of our savings accounts, basically anywhere else in the financial universe, every time we pay cash for things, we're breaking that compound growth. But if we have an uninterrupted system that grows on a guaranteed basis, nice conservative, you know, middle single digit returns, nothing sexy. But if it continuously grows on a compound basis and it grows even if we use the money, I mean, didn't we just solve the greatest problem in financial planning, you know, breaking compound growth over and over again? I mean, that's pretty awesome. And, and hey, you know, if nothing else, it's a cool acronym, TGIF. <laughs> right, at least you'll remember it, right? That's the important yeah. part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But, and I know this is awesome because it's, it's kind of an ideal situation for most entrepreneurs. And, and I would honestly, I would recommend for everybody to at least go check this sort of thing out, right? And say, how, how can I leverage this? Because odds are, if you're listening to this, you've got at least one credit card that's sitting at 20% or something. And you're saying, man, I'm so sick of paying this payment, right? <laughs> so um, Mark, where can people connect with you first off? Yeah. Well, you know, when you're right, I, I used uh, these policies to wipe out my student loans. We've used it to help our business grow. We've used it to invest in real estate. So you're right. The sky's the limit on how you put this to work. Uh, folks want to find out more about this. Um, if you love podcasts, check out ours too. It's a not your average financial podcast. 
And uh, you guys can go to, if you want to sign up and get on my calendar to meet with me for 15 minutes and to see if this makes sense for you or answers your questions, you can go to bit.ly, that's B-I-T dot L-Y slash quick B-O-Y. So quick, uh, quick B-O-Y. Perfect. So make sure you go check that out, everybody. And then Mark, just to wrap this up with one little bow, can you give us one final parting piece of guidance for our audience? Well, uh, I've mentioned a few times, you got to design these things correctly. Um, I've seen a lot of folks who thought they had one of these policies, kind of like when you get your, uh, your food at the grocery store, it says all natural on it. There's a lot of other names out there for this, um, infinite this and private banking that, and you know, we can go on and on. It is not a regulated term. Okay. So you really want to make sure you're working with a credentialed professional. And the only credential I know of in this space is the bank on yourself professionals credential program. It took me three years to get through that process to be really proficient at doing this. So me and our advisors at our firm, we're one of 200 advisors around the country and Canada that I know that do this. So we'll look for bank on yourself as a, you know, kind of a status symbol or a, a quality standard, kind of like USDA organic labels on food. You know that that food went through a number of hoops to get that. I'd say that's our parting piece of wisdom is to look for that as a kind of a quality control in the marketplace today. I hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Lucky Titan podcast. If you want to fill your favorite platform with dream customers, then come join myself and thousands of others of hosts at theluckytitan.com slash tribe. Here you can find guests for your show, get featured on other shows and discover the secrets to building an audience of raving fans. So once again, go create your free account at theluckytitan.com slash tribe.